Fighting or trying to run from your anxious thoughts and feelings is sending the signal to your brain that you're not safe and that you're in danger, which just isn't true. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. I am so excited to dive into the five things that I do differently if I could hit rewind on my recovery journey because undoubtedly there are many things that I do differently. And the big reason why I'm sharing these things with you is because they are also pieces of wisdom that I wish I had back when I was struggling. I truly believe that with a little more knowledge and insight, my journey would have been a lot less long and hard. So I hope that what I share with you today will make your journey less long and less hard. All right, so you know how when you come out the other side of something and think, wow, I made that so incredibly hard on myself. Why didn't I just do that? What was I thinking? Why did I keep doing that? Why didn't I stop doing that? I mean, the list goes on. And this is mostly because things are much clearer once you've lived it and you've gone through the lessons, right? And although the lessons can suck when you're in them, if you pay attention, The lessons and knowledge you gain are what will help you to continuously shift and move towards healing. They help you to stop, check in with yourself, and start doing things a little differently. And unfortunately, it's typically the hardest lessons in which we learn the most valuable lessons that stick and ultimately shift us with a type of force that helps us to take different actions than we've ever taken before and to not revert back to unhealthy habits that have clearly done nothing but made the journey even harder. A big key in the recovery journey is developing an awareness, an awareness of the decisions you're making, how they're impacting you and your recovery, and what the lessons you're facing are trying to show and teach you. And if you pay attention and start to develop an awareness and get curious, you'll begin to make decisions that will push you towards the path that will lead to lots of healing without it taking so long and without it being so difficult. All right, let's dive into the things that I'd do differently if I could go back. This first one is definitely the biggest one. I would have stopped trying so darn hard to fight my anxious thoughts and feelings and to make them go away. I used to struggle with anxious thoughts, the symptoms, and panic attacks every single day. And when I'd have an anxious thought or experience a symptom or panic, my immediate reaction was to try to make the thoughts and feelings go away. And I do this by either fighting them or trying to run from them. Sometimes I'd literally tell myself, Shannon, you can't feel this way. So I'd try to ignore how I felt by literally telling myself, you're not anxious, you're okay. Looking back, I can't believe this was my response, but I truly didn't know what else to do. I just wanted the thoughts and feelings to go away, and so I'd try to suppress them. I'd also try to fight my thoughts and feelings and make them go away. And sometimes I do this by literally pinching my skin or grabbing my arm or my leg or my hand tightly in an effort to cause my body to register any other feeling other than anxiety or the symptoms that I was experiencing. Yeah, this didn't work. Many people have shared with me that they also try anything and everything in an effort to make the anxious thoughts and feelings go away. Whether it's using essential oils or sour candies or water or ice cubes or CBD and the list goes on. 
Or maybe it's seeking reassurance or looking to a safety person or getting out of the place or situation that you think is causing the anxiety. And we do all of these things because we're scared of how the anxious thoughts, sensations, symptoms, and panic might make us feel. We don't want to feel them, so we fight and we try to run from them. But here's the thing. Fighting or trying to run from your anxious thoughts and feelings is sending the signal to your brain that you're not safe and that you're in danger, which just isn't true. The part that I was totally skipping over was the most critical and the hardest, allowing myself to acknowledge my anxious thoughts and feelings and allowing myself to feel them. This means not trying to fight or run or suppress or ignore. This means facing and allowing. Sounds terrible, huh? Trust me, I get it. But the truth is, facing, feeling, and allowing is what helps the anxious thoughts, the symptoms, and panic to start showing up less and less. It's what teaches your brain that you're safe and not in danger, which ultimately helps the signals to stop misfiring and leading to the anxiety and panic. The next thing i do differently if I could go back is that I would have practiced healthy habits and the helpful tools in moments of calm and not just when I felt anxious. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You feel anxious or you're experiencing a panic attack and you find yourself frantically practicing a breathing exercise or some other form of mindfulness or a grounding technique, all in an attempt to relieve the anxious feelings. But they're not always so effective in these moments because you're either using them to make the anxious feelings go away or you simply don't have enough practice because you're only using the tools in moments of anxiety or panic. As you learned just a minute ago, it's important not to try to make your anxious thoughts and feelings go away. Remember, you have to acknowledge your thoughts and feelings and allow yourself to feel them. Trying to make your anxious thoughts and feelings go away, even with healthy tools, isn't going to do the trick. The reality is that the anxious thoughts and feelings that you've been experiencing over time have been reinforced with lots of unhealthy habits. And so it's going to take lots of practicing healthy habits to undo the unhealthy ones and to create new and healthy pathways that don't always have you going straight to anxiety and panic every time you feel the slightest bit anxious. This means practicing healthy habits and the tools daily. Yes, daily. Because when you only use them when you feel anxious, it's a little too late. Your brain hasn't had enough practice with taking healthy action. This is why it's so important to take small, healthy steps every single day and to practice the habits and tools that will support you for when those anxious moments do happen. And this is a great segue into the next one, because so often I relied on the tools to get me through the anxious moments, along with many other things. I rarely ever relied on myself. If I could go back, I wish that I would have regularly acknowledged my strengths and abilities for working through hard things. So often I looked outside of myself in moments of anxiety. I looked to the tools or to others, and I rarely, if ever, looked inward and reminded myself of just how capable I was for working through hard things. I rarely ever gave myself the opportunity to work through hard moments on my own. One of my big go-tos was reassurance seeking. Whenever I felt anxious or panicky, I'd immediately pick up the phone and call my mom or Adam. And if one didn't answer, I'd immediately call the other. Whether I felt anxious in a store or at work or driving, I'd call one of them and just ask if they talk to me because I was convinced that I couldn't get through the anxious moment on my own. And unfortunately, by doing this, I was reinforcing the idea that I was in danger and also that I wasn't capable of working through it on my own. But my reality was that I always had. 
Sure, my mom or Adam might have been on the other end of the phone, but they ultimately weren't the ones that worked through the anxiety and panic. I was. And when I began pausing before calling my mom or Adam, and instead giving myself an opportunity to work through that anxious moment on my own, it was like I discovered just how powerful I was. I discovered that I had what it took to overcome the anxious moments. And by pausing and looking inward, I slowly began to undo the notion that I was in danger, which led to the stress response showing up less and less. Another big one is that I wish I would have shared what I was struggling with rather than trying to hide it from everyone. When I started sharing that I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia, I remember a couple of my friends saying that they had no idea. They were genuinely surprised. And I wasn't shocked by this because I put on a pretty good front. On the outside, it most always seemed as though I had it all together. I went to work and school, I went out with friends, and never had major freakouts in front of people like I often feared. But there was so much that I was hiding, mostly because I carried a lot of shame and embarrassment. I didn't want anyone to know what I was struggling with, even those closest to me, for fear that they'd judge me, think that I was crazy or weak, and that they'd just see me as being annoying or a burden. I would think, what would people think if I told them that I have a hard time going anywhere or doing anything because I'm always fearing that I'm going to have a panic attack? What would people think if I told them that I'm constantly thinking that I'm on the verge of needing to go to the hospital? What would people think if I told them that I spent a lot of my time mapping out exit strategies and worrying about losing all control and dying and trying to convince myself that I'm not going crazy? And where I always landed was that there was no way that I was sharing any of it because people wouldn't want anything to do with me if they knew what went on in my mind. Because in my mind, I was weird and broken and weak and incapable and a burden and annoying and the list goes on. But my reality... My reality was that I was facing hard stuff every day, and if people knew what I was going through, they would think that I was incredible, more incredible than they already thought I was. Trust me, I understand not wanting to share your anxious thoughts and fears and experiences, but holding these things in is only giving them more power. These things don't define you, so don't give them power. Don't allow them to dictate your journey. The people in your life want to support you, and it's an absolute honor for them to be able to support you. Okay, and the last one, which was one of the hardest things for me to do, I would have said goodbye to alcohol. To be honest, I never had a healthy relationship with alcohol. But back when I was struggling, I wasn't willing to see this. I would often convince myself that I had a healthy relationship with alcohol, which was so far from the truth. I used alcohol for so many different reasons, and none of them were healthy reasons. I used alcohol in an attempt to not feel anxious. I used alcohol in an attempt to make me feel less awkward and uncomfortable in social situations. I used alcohol in an attempt to escape from feelings and from pain. I used alcohol in an attempt to relieve stress. And honestly, I could go on, but I'll spare you. And sure, I enjoyed the taste of alcohol on some level, but that was never the reason why I consumed it, although I often said it was the reason. My reality was that alcohol caused and increased my anxious thoughts, panic, and the symptoms. It made me less me, which the me without alcohol is truly the best version of me. It prevented me from healing and growing. It prevented me from having healthy relationships, and it altered my moods and often made me feel depressed. And when I finally said goodbye to it, there were so many amazing benefits. 
I was able to acknowledge and process my emotions rather than allowing them to consume me. I was able to work through stress and anxious moments in healthy ways. I was able to have healthy relationships, including the one with myself. I have more energy, I sleep better, and hangovers, I haven't had one of those in over five years. In full transparency, I do have an occasional drink like at a wedding or an event, but when I do, it's a half glass of wine or one yummy spicy margarita, and it's never in an attempt to run or hide from anything. If any of this has resonated with you, it'll likely be helpful for you to evaluate your current relationship with alcohol without judgment. And whatever your current relationship with alcohol is, it's okay if you acknowledge that it isn't healthy. This is something that you have the power to change. In fact, all of these things that I shared with you are things that you have the power to change. I hope that what I shared today has been helpful for you. And if one or all of these things resonated with you, remember to always start small. Pick one of these things and start taking small, healthy steps. Sure, it's going to be hard, but you're absolutely capable of hard. All right, until next time, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.